Hey everybody, uh, welcome to uh, our bonus episode of Is There an Echo in Here podcast. We got some big news. You might have noticed that since you follow all of our social media feeds, that Courtney went to Detroit and saw Echo and the Bunnymen. I met Ian McCulloch, and I think it's noteworthy. And we're going to do a whole episode about... The show, meeting him. And you met him. And I did. I did. Backstage. Because of the kindness of others. So, yeah, Courtney, uh, she packed up her her belongings and... (laughs) On Thanksgiving morning. And she left uh, town on Thanksgiving morning. And we don't really do Thanksgiving because what is Thanksgiving but like the ugliest people in Liverpool who were like Bible freaks, whatever, got on a boat, probably in Liverpool is where they got on, and <laughs> sailed to this country to just... Make friends with the Indians. <sighs> yeah. So... And kill them. That's not what we really... It's not a holiday of great importance. It was... Invented. I like the idea of, of gratitude and thankfulness, though. So I'm packing up the car. I just want to say right off the top here... Before we get to the packing of the car, this has been my dream to see them play. It's a dream I didn't even allow myself to have since the age of 12 going on 13. Yeah. When I got Which their album for Christmas. Which is interesting because they've been touring like every year, I think. I know. That's what somebody <laughs> said to me. They're I like, realized. I was like, I haven't seen them. They're like, why? Because I saw a picture on the, on the Facebook group. It was like a guy with Will Sarge and he's like in Denver. And it's like... <gasps> Third year in a row with Will Sargent, you know, like in Denver. Yeah, totally. We're like, like there's some rarity. So um, the way I'm approaching this whole event, like I have these premises for this podcast and then these reasons for doing it. And one of the reasons I'm doing this is because it's for my 13-year-old self. Like I feel like I left off somewhere. Like I, yeah, I dropped something. I had a missed connection with mm-hmm. this band, and mm-hmm. I never got to fully experience them because I discovered them like right before they were dropped by Warner Brothers, you know, and everything became less available. And then, I, you know, I never thought I'd see them play. So this is all a dream come true, right? So, so I feel like I have to meet them because that's what my 13-year-old self would want a chance to say. Thank you for the music and, mm-hmm. you know. You know, it's like it's like what I did this in therapy one time with uh, one of my therapists was like to go back and like give your child self a hug and then tell the, your yes. child self about some like awesome shit going on in your life currently and, and, and be like, you know, what would you want to hear at that point? And it, you know what I mean? It was like this renegotiation of some kind of traumatic experience where you got to say, oh, don't worry about this right now. You're going to be safe later or you're going to be able to do this, you know, cool stuff. And this is, you know, like, and what would you say to yourself? Totally that. Okay, that's really kind of what it's about. It's like yeah. you lose a part of yourself and you try to to find your way back looking for these clues that you find in music when you're a kid, you know, this lost world. Mm-hmm. So, and I figure also I should go and try and meet him because it's podcast and stuff. Yeah. But my expectations are low because myself and my sweet friend, Sarah, both of us are shy and kind of, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know, understated, but just don't really 
like a lot of attention and don't really love approaching people. We prefer You're not to... like social climbers or ass kissers <laughs> well, or that name too. droppers. Well, definitely yeah. not. Yeah. But beyond that, because, you know, you don't have to be that to like want to meet the member of a band. You can like, there's right. really cool people who want to meet the of band course, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But... To but you're like not squeaky a wheels, though. You're not squeaky wheels. Yeah, not at all. And to a yeah. fault, to a point where I feel like I make myself disappear. It's like my whole my whole being is wrapped up in don't bother anyone. To a point... I wish more people had that <laughs> approach. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm always delivering on that. You or know? maybe not more, but just specific people. <laughs> I wish specific people had that approach to life. You know, but it can get in the way of a lot. You know, you don't end up... Uh, connecting with people or gainful employment or any of those things. So you just kind of wrap yourself up and just hide in the shadows. Ever since I knew you, uh, (laughs) these 20 wonderful years, um, but you've always been sort of kind of like this champion of uh, like Mm. anonymity and uh, just kind of like selflessness. Right. Like the the suppression of kind of like ego presentation or whatever. Right. But then there's a still like a longing for a connection. Because you do want to be seen in a real way. Right. That's true. And actually, Sarah and I kind of lament that. My whole thing is like, just like do good <laughs> quality work. And if you do that, you know, you don't really have to overperform socially to like be seen or something. You know what I mean? And that's kind of been my philosophy. If I'm just a good person and I'm just... Or a great artist. If I'm... Right. Or that. Or that. And I just, you know, am quiet. Just keep my head down. Just keep working. That good things will come because of like the power, just magic or something. And... It did. That's so cool. <laughs> it did. And it came in the form. Celebrate <laughs> good times. Come on. Dun, 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 That's dun, right. Dun, dun, Shy dun, girls dun. win sometimes. Yeah. Okay, we, we're, we're moving too fast. We got to slow down a little here. I haven't even gotten to Detroit yet. Let's talk about my solitary journey. Yeah, let's do that. Let's back up. Yes. And all we have to say is I took a solitary journey to Detroit from North Carolina. It was 10 hours. On Thanksgiving Day. On Thanksgiving Day. No traffic. It was a perfect trip. It was beautiful. I listened to Echo and the Bunny Men the whole way there. Nice. What albums? First four. Did not listen to the self-titled. I listened to Siberia, the new album. I did a deep dive into. I listened to... Um, did you listen to any of our wow. podcast episodes? I did not, no. I just, you know, <laughs> I wanted only to be surrounded by this band and the music and all the things. So I got there. My sweet friend, Sarah, who is a welder in Detroit and an artist, and I've known her many years. She is a wonderful friend. And um, she came to the show with me. And She's like, I'll, I'll humor my <laughs> crazy obsessed friend and she, go to this show with her that's a really big deal. She was, that's the kind of supportive friends you need, you know. Like She had crocodile, but she <laughs> was really coming with me. And she did not make me feel that way, not one moment. <laughs> she is such a good friend. She did not, she was having the best time as far as. She didn't want to rock the boat, you know. I mean. Like. Check in with you and stuff. <laughs> you really like this band, huh, Courtney? So I go to the show, and I'm on a mission 
And I really don't expect to, to meet Ian, frankly, but I do expect to meet a woman named Mary Sweeney, who is the administrator for Echo and the Bunnymen to the Rock Hall. She um, is also a food writer. It's I a follow little, her on Instagram now. I mean, by it, the way. yes, and but the Facebook, which I'm not on Facebook very much, is so well curated, and you can spend a whole night just. Oh man, I don't know if I, I need to get on that. So I tried to meet up with her before the show, but um, she got there super early. Now, in addition to being um, a scholar and genius, really, when it comes to this band, she is so quick with the dates and the names of the photographers. It's like lightning. Yeah, she is the cataloger. (laughs) She's the cataloger of the band. She, she is the vessel she is, of the knowledge. She really is. I imagine her on Instagram when people post like a Bunnyman picture. She will go to a podium in the center of her house where there is a single light shining down upon it and a never stop and um, all the books, turquoise days, and she will open them like you would a sacred text and just, she knows all. And anyway, she also knows how to be a fan of a band in a way that I kind of don't because I didn't really. It is a type of person, man, let me tell you. Oh, my God. She makes it look so easy and fun. Like, everyone should have a fan like her. Yeah. She's enthusiastic. She's collecting things. She's baking cookies for them. She's, like, just giving them the experience of what it's like to have someone. Specifically them? Because I I know this guy named Mark Blum who's, like, a fan of a lot of things. I think she's kind of way. a fan, of, but this is her main. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Like I he'll like be getting the autograph and like I'll, you know go to every show of everything or some comic book writer and go those to people the, you know, blow it's like, my mind. It's like everything's devoted to this kind of fandom. It is, and it's an enthusiasm, and it's really kind of exciting. You kind of and it's not creepy. No, it's like no. this. It is a there's it, a there's yeah. a, um, a procedure involved. There's a lot of boundaries, but there and it's also just. You're collecting artifacts as well, which I've never done much of. I think there's something really special about the sort of vulnerability and kind of uh, just not just having no sort of filter in your enthusiasm. You know what I mean? That's what I'm trying to do. I mean, I think I'm doing it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you're doing it. But I mean, it's like that kind of like people are like kind of intimidated by enthusiasm or they're put off by it or something sometimes yeah absolutely you have to pretend that you don't care it's cool i don't know yeah i cannot stand that (laughs) what is the fun of living if you're not going to be enthusiastic at the same time the other side of the coin is um overly enthusiastic and that carries with it its own set of problems because that always goes hand in hand with boundary crossing and and those people are a total pain in the ass. Oh yeah. my God! So yeah, they really yeah. are. Like, yep. yeah, they are, and they're out there. I really had never seen just because I've never stood outside a show ever. I met Iron Maiden oh. outside the Sunrise Musical. Theater That's right. You waited for them. Yeah, it was weird. Like it was a concert, and then like I could have got tickets, and I just chose. I didn't even get tickets to the show or something, or I sold my ticket. I don't know. What I was thinking. Because you're in, a kid. Yeah. I was a teenager. Fear of the Dark tour. But I got them to sign my T-shirt, and I met Bruce Dinkinson, Steve Harris, and it was cute. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It's a pretty big deal in a way, though, you know, for me. Did they seem happy? <laughs> they seemed drunk. 
actually. <laughs> they they came up in like separate cars, uh-huh. like little, like li- just little cars, you know, like little rental cars. It wasn't even like a limo or something. You know what I mean? It was like they just kind of rolled up in like a few few cars. Yeah. <laughs> and then got out and ready to sign some autographs or whatever. But they were like, I remember like Dave Murray too. He was one of the guitar and this players. This is pre-show. Pre-show. Yeah. Totally fucking hammered. Like, or at least, I mean, they could probably hold their booze or whatever. It's but like, like British people, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was just like, just just totally reeked, man. I just, I, I mean, it stood out that I, I was like, <laughs> like, as a teenager, like, they were just like, kind of glazed over mm-hmm. and just like emanating, like, noxious alcohol fumes, you know? Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And then they went in and played like a concert for three hours or something. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, stamina. Yeah. Yeah. This was my first experience beyond the gates now do i am i supposed to talk about the show too or should the i just show? talk about that yeah i'd like there. to know a little bit about it I mean, all right we, we talked about seeing them in atlanta but I, I i saw the pictures you had and uh they looked like it was a more atmospheric better yeah. staging than when we saw them play before the violent femmes in an amphitheater in georgia that's right it, it was like there was like candles and lighting oh, yes. and mood lighting and stuff and yes it just and the most gorgeous theater i've ever laid eyes on so we How walk. Many people were at the show? Okay, so we walk up to this theater, and after getting lost and walking by this lovely ice skating rink in the Christmas wonderland of downtown Detroit, and we go to the club, and their bus is parked in a courtyard, big red bus, parked in this courtyard right outside the venue. And we walk by it, and I was like, oh, there's the bus. And so Sarah and I have this pack that we're going to try somehow to like put some effort in we're gonna meet we're gonna meet them or something so again so we need something to get signed i think because you're not just gonna go i mean i just want to go and be like thank you for all the music blah blah you know but we have to you know get something signed so we decide we should ask the bouncers who are sitting in the back of the stage you know the back door you know the fire exit Uh i mean why why and i was like I guess we're supposed to ask if we can meet them, you know? And she's like, yeah. Before the show? (laughs) I don't know. This is before the show? Yeah. Okay. So I walk up to this guy and I say, hi, um, my name's (laughs) Courtney and I do a podcast about Echo and the Bunny Man. (laughs) And he says, yes. And I was like, could I go backstage and meet the band? He said, no. Then I go to get my my little ticket on my phone to scan or whatever, and I they're searching my bag and I brought a gift for Mary Sweeney and it was like some honey in a jar from this amazing grocery store we went to and some other culinary items. So they were like, "What are you doing? You can't bring this in." <laughs> so I walk back. So it's to go getting, back to the car? To I did, the well, car? we had great parking right there. Oh, so then, but, you know, now I'm walking by the bus again, so that's, it's you know, fine. I see the keyboard just get locked out for a second. It was pretty funny. And then I go inside, and so they search my bag again, and they find a loose apple and carrot <laughs> in my purse, and they make me throw it out. And they're what like, the hell what is the security <laughs> of this place? Are you kidding me? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they were all about the perishables. They were not having the perishables in that. Like, you're going to bring some fruit flies into the <laughs> fucking Detroit? Or right? Okay. Because they were like, what are you doing? And I was like, I 
done, you know, I'm I forgot hungry. about my carrot. <laughs> I'm hungry. My bunny fan. Whatever. So the show, so we're watching people from the balcony. And I will say this about the bunny men. The men who listen to them are big in stature, strong of arm, tall of height, <laughs> big and just tall. What's the deal? They're all no, tall. No, man. You saw them in Detroit, though. That's the thing. Oh. They're all like corn-fed Midwestern boys. They're, they're all... tall. Yeah, they're oh, my huge. God. I'm talking yeah. about seven feet. Like, I was... Yeah, that's not... Okay. That's, that's it's like Detroit. If you, if you went to, like... If you saw them in L.A., it would be like... You know, totally... They'd be like... What would it be? Short, tan, <laughs> blonde hair. <laughs> so, uh... They also, but that is true, though. There is like a Midwestern man that's a big guy, though. Oh, my God, big. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I saw some giant people, yeah. humans, at the show. In addition, everyone was wearing black, a lot of leather. Like a rocker crowd? Yeah, I mean, like it middle-aged? looked kind of biker, almost, not rockabilly. Definitely, there were older people who were like 10 to 15 years older than us and also much younger. How many people were at this concert? It was packed out. But like what, like six hundred thousand? Three thousand. I don't know. I don't know numbers. I can't do a number. I don't know how to what, add. What was the name of the theater? The Fillmore. Should we look it up? So yeah, I just checked it out, and the Fillmore has a capacity of twenty nine hundred. So that was good. You said three thousand. Okay. Wow, not bad. All right. Um, I will tell you that there was these two guys in. Were. The, huh. There were two guys. <laughs> there was. <laughs> There was two guys. There was two. <laughs> there was two guys. They was in the front. They were very. They were very big fans. This is how people from Detroit talk. They no, that's these, just bunny men fans. These was these two guys. <laughs> these guys. These bunny men fans and up in the front. So they were. They were they boisterous. Taking, they was taking pictures. They, they was. They oh, was, they were. They got yelled at for that. They were boisterous. All right. So they. Wait, who yelled at them? Oh, Ian. <laughs> Ian yelled at that. He yelled at somebody, you know. Given yeah. give us a show. <laughs> he so there were two big guys in the front who were very enthusiastic and also happened to be one of them. I'm telling you that he was seven something. I'm telling you that he was seven foot something, maybe eight. He in was height. in height. So that's what I'll just tell you what what's going on in the crowd. A very big person with a lot of enthusiasm. He's going to dance was later. Was he wearing like a big rainbow wig or anything like that? Somebody, I think, in the front was wearing the coolest jacket I've ever seen. It wow. was like a leather jacket. Listen, it was like a leather jacket with a stencil of Ian McCulloch. No way. No, like do just dreamy, kind of one of those poses where he's like leaned up on a microphone or something. Just cool as beautiful specimen of a man yeah i mean we're not we're not here to objectify him oh, i'm yeah. just saying that <laughs> that he a, a picture where he looked more sensitive and wistful but it's yeah. on this huge guy's leather jacket there's something really there's something really epic about that to me that's cool you know? uh, not that he looks like he doesn't belong on a jacket you know but no, but i mean but this guy was this like this guy stenciled like a, a very Maybe detailed i think he must have i mean i hope he made it you know because I, I wish i had taken a picture of it but i'm in this so i'm in <laughs> so we get to our seats and the show begins and we immediately what's the first song it's the best going thing up. 
I saw the Oh my god, it was going up, which is my favorite opening. That's what we just, opened with when we did our cover band I mean, on that's Halloween. That's what Crocodile album is just, that was their opener at Rock Palace. And it was many times their opener, and I just love that as their opener. And the Gregorian chants, and just the, my childhood dream, like, come just come true. And we walked right up to the second row, and the bouncers, um, I don't know, we just blended in. We just, I was right in front of Will the whole night. Yeah. And I felt like we were going to get kicked out any second because I felt this bouncer like looking in our direction the whole night. And I was like, he's any second. So I, I kind of s- stayed, you know, innocuous and just kept to myself. But I was right there. And later we found out that perhaps he thought my friend Sarah was attractive. Oh. He gave her a compliment, mm. two compliments, one mm-hmm. one of which was, you have a really nice sounding voice. <laughs> uh, okay. okay. So we're on the Do second row. Like, uh, now here, that's where we can take it from. Um, second row in front of Will nice. Sargent. Yeah. Do you feel like I was... Um, have you, that I inspired your daring to sort of like just get better seats at all. Like oh at my all God. Cause like, cause I've, cause I've always been, I'm a firm believer in like, oh, yes, you did. I'm just going to go to the front row or if I want to. And like, <laughs> and it's weird since no one else does that, they don't do shit and you can always get a better seat. I shouldn't even let the cat out of the bag here, but every show I've well, I, I had like front row Tom Waits. This is the thing about the their guy, show. Like you just mm-hmm. like walk up and you have a better seat. So I'm just saying like, I think because we, when we did the Roger Waters show, I have to mention once per episode, even the bonus. <laughs> yeah. Episode. But we we remember we had like nosebleed, and then it was just like for the second three hundred dollars after that. Yeah. Yep, I know these seats must cost. I mean, I'm I'm sorry, but there was plenty of room for everyone. Though it's a thing. Yeah. But people were getting kind of turned away and asked uh, to go back to their seat. But that's when your like cloak of invisibility thing. Works. That's what worked for Sarah and I, I think, or or her beautiful countenance really came into play. So the show, so when I saw them in Atlanta, I read that his voice had been really damaged beyond repair a few years ago. He still smokes cigarettes while he's performing, right? No. Oh. No, remember he didn't at the, I mean, not right now. Yeah. So. Cross the threshold. And I'm not going to fault anyone for their voice changing over time. I mean, it's such a delicate, these two chords. I mean, you can just wear them out just singing. And he has been singing and singing, and singing outside of his range, and smoking, and smoking while singing, smoking while singing and crying at the same time, vocal cords constricted, probably smoking, singing, and crying. Like just, there's no way his voice is going to hold that richness and power. Right. But you know what? What? The show I saw, I mean, every note, perfect pitch, Original Beautiful. keys, the yeah. songs, I mean, carrying the note. There was just, it was flawless. All my colors turn to cloud. I did, I felt like I was seeing him at the age of 23 or something. You yeah. know, there was, although very different, it was that same, I mean, a different power, I guess. But man, I mean, it was just sounded like, just like that. Nice. So you guys saw the show. And then Will Sargent, a different guitar for every song. Yeah. Every single song, pretty much. 
and it wasn't like this big show of out comes this guitar and here comes the Saturn. It was like he didn't even want people to know he was playing them. He just needed to have them for that song. For the sound the, of the song. This sound goes with this song and this sound goes, you know, and I'm yeah. sure he thinks the guitars are cool, but it was so understated. Yeah. You know, it was a couple of times when like, People scream his name or something. Okay, and I did too. I was like, "Yes, I did." You know, he doesn't flint. He doesn't look at you. He doesn't look at the audience. He is a man at a machine crafting a beautiful object, but it's a sound object, and he's just working. He's polishing here. He's going here. He's not. Yeah. It's fascinating the way he performs. I love it. It's great. It's just—it's like a man at work. Yeah, and his shoes like and everything. In, punches puts in. On his hard hat. But it doesn't feel like that. Ring. It's more like a like a art. Like he's making a sculpture. Yeah. He's doing something like yeah. welding or doing. Some, I don't know. Yeah. Reductionist cool. sculpture, marble. Who knows? Okay. Oh my God! But we haven't even gotten through the show yet. Oh, we gotta move it along. All right, Show's all right. over. <laughs> now, now we're going backstage. <laughs> Well, no, the there's, a, there's not. Listen. Bonus episodes are shorter. All right, right? all right, listen. So the, we can't just go back to stage. There's this other important stuff that I didn't know about. So I meet Mary and her husband, and they, he is so wonderful and so sweet. And he, she has with her a tape that he made for her in the 80s Aww. that has, like, typed out songs and it has many songs from ocean rain and is just a well curated beautiful tape and she's just echoing the bunny man song no it's other songs as well and um she has a picture of it online yeah i saw it and so but what she's doing and what several other people are doing is waiting around by the stage to get a set list now there are several of them and the most coveted is Will Sargent's because it has in Sharpie the different guitars he's using for each song. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. And there's the set list. So you have to wait. And I don't know why you get it, how you get it. At some point, somebody seemed like they were just tearing through there, grabbing them off and just like throwing them. Just like sheets of paper flying, people grabbing, people waiting quietly. You know, there's this whole scene. Mm -hmm. But then there was like the special one that's Ian McCulloch's and then there's the special one that's Will's and you have to like ask. Eventually they gave it to Mary. So then what happened? And then, so that part's over and now it's time to go and wait by the bus and actually meet Ian McCulloch. right outside the bus is door well no there's like a courtyard and then there's a gate Mm -hmm. and then there's barricades and so at this point this is the point though where i realize i'm gonna meet ian mcculloch wow but here's the thing like you can throw a rock in any direction and hit somebody who has met him it's just everyone i've i have yet to meet anyone who hasn't met him it's a thing I don't understand why or how he's, he, he's a social butterfly I mean yeah. he's just just a man about town but this is the moment when I realize like okay so I don't have anything for him to sign you know yeah my forehead or something right. like 
So and I also don't have anything to bring him like right. a g- gift because I've given all my And the guard home. the guards wouldn't let you bring your food in. So I have nothing left now. They made me throw out the carrot. So I don't have a carrot to offer. I have nothing to offer. Nothing right. to get signed. So it's kind of like when you think about it. You just be like, Hi. "What am I doing?" Well, you know, it's just the opportunity to say thank you. Right. It's what in your mind you're just like, "I'm going to just thank him for the music, you know." Okay, and, what, what am I signing? What yeah. am I what what do you got for me to sign? Well, okay, well, let's... What What are you doing here? <laughs> that <laughs> is possible. That could happen. Yeah. I mean, it kind of... Well, we'll get there. But they're, like, cordoned off, and you're not supposed to be back there. Is that the vibe? Like, because, you know, yeah. is it, it's, like, separate. Oh, yeah. But it was a scene. Like, it was, like, so much happened in the the next hour and a half, and yet nothing. But you were just kind of, like, waiting so, for something so to happen? So Mary was, like... The fairy godmother who just taught me how to do like be a fan and and do this shit. So she was like, so we're gonna go to the barricades and yeah. So I'm standing there with uh, Mary and her wonderful husband, and then this guy from Boca Raton, who is awesome and is just there. He likes Bunnyman and he's just he was he getting something signed. I don't know. Yeah. So you know he's he's cool. We're hanging out. And I think there's another place people are waiting that's more strategic, maybe by the door. But this is where we're hanging out. So we're hanging out for a long time. But, you know, the time went by quickly because I was talking about them and just talking about the set and the shows. And just it was it was the experience I wanted to just sit there. Now, one thing I want to say is we were all talking about where we were from. Uh And so I told everyone I was from North Carolina and they said, why are you here? And I said, for this. And Mary just handed me her set list, the one that Will had written all over. She was just like, okay, well, here you go. She, it was so That's sweet. So cool. And I was going to cry. Thank you, Mary. I was going to cry, but then I was like, I can't be like crying or post-cry yeah. if you know anyone's to walk out yeah. to sign. Now, like, you promised. <laughs> So, but now I have something to sign. Okay. okay? Yeah. Now, some other things happened that were strange. So, at one point, we're all standing there in the cold, and these two giant men, as I've stated, everyone is a giant. And these two were, they may not have been seven feet tall, they were like six, seven, Mm. and six, five. Okay. Giant men walk past the tour bus yelling about Ian's, Ian McCulloch's daughter. What? Yeah, uh, about how attractive she was. And I'm not going to give him too much airplay. But I'm going to tell you that it was fucked up. I don't care if they're like long time. It was so dark and triggering. First of all, was his daughter there? Not that I know of. I mean, it was beyond. They're like, yo, Ian, your daughter's hot. Yeah, and really, it was just... Whoa. I mean, how often are you sitting on the porch and somebody says that to you? It was horrifying. Thank you. I'm glad to... That's the first time I've really told that part of the story because it was brief, and they staggered away. I remember looking into the eyes of the man. He was obviously wasted and bigger than me. But honestly, I was... 
No wonder you know? they're protective of backstage. What the hell's wrong with people? What the fuck? But this just could have been a random thing, but I just thought it was weird. Like, you know his daughter's name, and you're... So you're a music dork. You're a fan, and you're... That you was. think that's funny, I guess. Okay. Yeah. So well, okay. that was... Well, I'm bummed out now. Let's go carry yeah, on. Right? Yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. But... But then the, the feel in the scene was warmed because a very kindly man by the name of, dang it, I don't know his name, um, the keyboardist came out and was just I don't know Will very... Sargent's name, so what the <laughs> fuck, who cares? <laughs> I really, there's no excuse, I just gotta. Um, <laughs> but he comes out and he is very, and he's very nice and... Speaks with the crowd and greets them. Just basically and is like, friendly. Where's Ian? <laughs> Where's Ian? It's funny how he could just walk out. They're like, this guy's cool too. But like, I'm wondering, whatever. like, kind of. So you waited about an hour and a half after the show because I'm just. I thinking, don't know. Like, Time just, just about, went away. I just was. I, I remember it was. It but you're was just waiting for uncertainty, right? Like, because you. Yes. Because so. the, gu- the guard. There's a guard. Is yes. there a guard? Yes, there is. There's a, a guard. Oh, the bouncer. Yes, there is a bouncer. Mm. And I, I want everyone to know there's, there are a few, but there's a bouncer there. But it was subtly, just very subtly hinted that maybe maybe we won't meet Will this evening. And It's uh, fine. That's fine. That's you part know? of his whole shtick. Yeah, it's like, understated. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think he's friendly sometimes, but it's cold in Detroit, and it's you know yeah. time to go to bed. It's late. Froze to the bone in my igloo home Counts in the days till the ice turns green So another thing that happens while we're waiting is a man approaches us and joins our little group uh-huh. and is like, is this the Dixie Chicks? And we're like, no. What? And it goes you on to that? sing... A song by them. By the Dixie Chicks? Yes. So, And we're kind of like, oh, okay. But as he... He was just... It, this is like a... This is some foot traffic. This is foot this traffic. Like, Let like, me be clear. <laughs> this is foot traffic okay. that is joining up. Yeah. Okay? This is somebody who does... I'm going to say... I'm going to guess he does not know who Ian McCulloch is. <laughs> right. Okay? Yeah. But um, he is nonetheless going to wait with us too. And he's singing. And he becomes like a real grounding force in our uh encampment throughout like he really i really warmed up to him we didn't exchange many words right. but you but know he was he's singing he and he's talking he about wanted. different people yeah. he had seen and just so he's there right. um so we're waiting and we're chatting and my friend decides i'm just gonna go to the bar right down the street and i'll wait for you i was like that's cool and then suddenly mary says He's here. That's him. And there is this flurry of people standing with him, taking pictures, getting things signed for a little while there. And there's so there's other mean? people following him. So two groups are, of people are now going to converge. So wait, wait, wait. wait. He mm-hmm. showed up with this other group of people? Yeah, I think they had run up when they saw him and joined our group. They were lurking in the shadows. Waiting. Some people were coming down on like ropes from like the building <laughs> so and just descending. Were, this was like outdoors. 
In a parking lot? Yeah, in the cold. Just, okay. But it was very, it was a beautiful setting somehow. And there was like a courtyard mm-hmm. and a gate. It was like a... It was bright, right? And very bright. Because the bright. picture of you and him and It's like a spotlight. Mary, I'm like, why is it so damn bright? Like, why like, are they standing in front of headlight? And yeah. it, you guys are brick walling it. <laughs> yep. So, um, so there he is, right? Behold. Yeah. A man. A man. So, and <laughs> Yeah. Like, what do you look like? Okay, so he was wearing a hoodie and a jacket yeah. and pants. He was okay. wearing pants. And it's he like was man also wearing clothes. He was wearing clothing. Okay. Most in wow. various grays sunglasses? and Sunglasses? Yes, glass sunglasses. Big hair? He had poofy hair. hair. The poofy hair. I mean, it. I don't know. He's I like, don't know. He has like you know what? Hair. Here's the thing. I really was pretty blown away. As yeah. Was like. So this entourage of people walks up, and he's like in the center of them, and they're yes. all like, like just like they're surrounding him, like being Ian, Ian. Oh, let's check out the sign my thing, Ian, Ian. Have you do you remember when in 1989 when you came and blah blah blah? And Absolutely, Ian. that was happening. Yeah, but and he was being so funny with these guys. Like he was. Oh yeah. It's not every day where. You know, you have a rock star you really love, and they are actually funny. Like right. when you meet them, he's funny. He's really funny. Yeah. Like I didn't even know some of the people he was referencing because somebody handed him a Pretty in Pink album, and he just started like pointing to the different, like Molly Ringwald and whoever. Why did guys. they bring? Wait, why did they bring a Pretty in Pink? Because they're on that album. And it was, I think, it was this like. Was it, guy. Oh, the Dancing Horses song. Yeah. The, the, yeah. It was really, it was really sweet. So. Okay, so he comes up and you're like, are you, are you like freaked out and stuff? Like, okay, yes, because, <laughs> you know, because he's not like gonna come out and put, and put his arm around you, like, and the streets have no names, gonna start playing. He's gonna like hold you. Right. You know, it's not. It's not it's like not, take my hand. You yeah, know, I'll no. make it. <laughs> No, it's not. It's going to make some, some awkward shit. Because he said awkward <laughs> shit when we saw him in Atlanta. He was like talking to you. He yeah. talked to you in Atlanta. Did you mention that to him? <laughs> no. From There's the so much I didn't have a chance to tell him about myself. You know, <laughs> I wish I had, had a chance to tell him. I, you know, I wish you were. In, I saw like, you in Atlanta. Yeah. You yelled at me from the stage, man. Oh, right. I'm okay. in a cover band. I play you, dude. I'm. There's so much he doesn't know about you yet. <laughs> I'm thinking though, like, so you waited about an hour and a half, and Maybe it was in now. that time, he was on the bus. No, he was still backstage. I think. Oh. And these people were backstage with him? Maybe they were with him, or maybe they were at the stage door, which is a little bit gotcha. beyond where okay. I was. I pictured him like putzing around on the bus while you were like waiting to like, get on the bus. Or just or watching us being yeah. desperate. Oh, no, he or, wasn't. Or just like taking a nap or something. Well, or, what like, if he was? Because remember the story from earlier about the two guys that walked past the bus? Yeah. What if he had been? Gross. Yeah, those guys. You might. I mean, yeah. any person, whatever. All right, so... Okay, so he comes in, and you're like, did you just freeze? Did you just clam up? Oh, how, how did you know? I went completely <laughs> into a disassociative state where I completely froze. Did he look at you? And became, so I have the sense that I, I feel like he didn't look at me 
and did not see me you looked through until you. <laughs> seriously like I think and and I sometimes you meet because I mean whatever like I grew up I knew fame in and of itself is not such a big deal but but when someone's giving you the gift of <laughs> no you know like Ian has of just those those heights of uh, right human experience well there's with that their music. but then yeah. sometimes you meet someone yeah. who has has done that <laughs> provided you with that right. those <laughs> heights spiritual heights and you <laughs> and then you meet them and they're just a human that is a sweet human <laughs> that is nice but then sometimes i mean this person was different yeah a different kind of person <laughs> right. than ever wow yeah i mean we all know really special but you can sense that though. about about him if you watch any interviews which really is a thing that i've done <laughs> now uh but uh <laughs> Which I will say is a recent in my recent history of just getting to know Ian McCulloch as a human specimen, you know, just like watching interviews and listening to him play. I don't know what the hell he's saying. He knows now. He said it in the on stage. He was like, "You all can't understand what I'm saying. I'm told, but I'm gonna tell this hilarious joke too. So listen carefully." <laughs> and so he knows that now. So yeah, he's probably known it for a, a little while. <laughs> I just remember watching interviews and I, like literally like needing subtitles to know yeah. what the hell he was talking about. Yeah. Like I there was like it was. And then I thought it was just me, and I was going to meet the real Bunnyman fans, and were like, I understand every word he says, but no. In fact, I read so was something it like that recently. When you talk to him? Well, we'll get there. Okay. Do I talk to him? Do you I'm, talk to him? I, we don't know. I like, don't know. Right now. That's right. Yeah. Now things are going to start to happen at this point. Yeah. In the story. So he's joking around with some guys. Yes, but here's what I want to say first. So the way the way he comes across is kind of like, you know, he's like everyone else, but okay, in the new Twin Peaks revisited, yeah. right? The return. But there, the return, the return. Yeah. Okay, spoiler alert to anyone who hasn't seen it. There are some characters who are able to remove their faces and inside of their face yeah. is something something else right a pair of lips and yeah. a puff of smoke or, or there will be light they'll remove their face and, and there's like be a beam blinding of light, light. Yeah. so i felt like he could remove his glasses yeah or something and there'd be something like laser beams would just something come out. Yeah, yeah he was really wow giving you i mean so he, has he, like was, an he aura. had a destiny he has an aura he has an aura <laughs> he has a destiny and it's written all over his aura that's what it is okay so, wow, <laughs> you must have been in total disbelief. So now it's yeah. time for me to go and get something signed okay. and go forth and push forth and go and say, excuse me, Ian, can you excuse, push? I mean, I think I would have to push someone out of the way and, yeah. and then get a picture taken. And I just could not do it. Yeah. Um, it just, I, I was frozen. I was staring overhead at my body, and I was looking down on the scene. Yeah. And there's no way a, an animal, a human animal, or any creature, could be standing against a wall, surrounded by people wanting things and projecting forward with their hands, with pens, with objects, without it making you feel like afraid. Afraid. I yeah. felt afraid. I felt afraid. For him. For him. And just this sort of biological 
fact of the matter, body posture, animal, like we were like a group of monkeys. And, I've never, and, you ever ask someone for an <laughs> autograph? I've never done that. I mean, it's cool. It's, I know people like to do that, but I just, and I'm, I'm down or whatever, but I've never, I'm trying to think of when I've done that. I got David Copperfield's autograph when I was a kid, the magician, because oh. he would like after the show sit at a table and you could stand in line and he would autograph a picture of himself for you. I also got Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails autograph when I was like 15 because oh. I ran into him at a Marilyn Manson show in Fort Lauderdale. Oh, just attending and hanging out. I was out. there because yeah, he signed Marilyn Manson to I know. Interscope Records. So did you so, see the scope out happen? Like, yeah, well, because I was friends with Marilyn Manson's roadies at the time before they oh. got signed, and Trent Reznor was like coming around, scoping it out, and then I went to this show that Trent Reznor was at in Fort Lauderdale, and I went up to Trent Reznor, and I, and I was like, I like, really like your music, and... I really liked that remix you did of Megadeth's Symphony of Destruction. <laughs> How'd that come about? He's like, oh, yeah, thanks, man. It was cool. Yeah, they just sent it to me, and I just did my thing, and like, blah, 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 and here's the autograph, and you signed my piece they, of paper and wrote N-I-N, Nine Inch Nails on it, you know? <laughs> so they sent it. He mailed that, that shit. He, it was a... They said, here's the song, and he just cut it up. And I mean, if thing. I listen to that, you know that that what is, is total horseshit. Like, <laughs> can you imagine how bad that must be? Well, can we hear it? Can we play yeah, it? Well, on we this? Can, yeah, well, let's listen to it. Okay. Okay. You take a mortal man. That's my, this is my autograph story. All right. My metalhead self. Yes. Uh, as a 14-year-old meeting Trent Reznor and being like, I like your remix of this song. Here it goes. Fucking Beavis and Butthead sang that shit on their show. That was one of their songs. These guys are cool. Anyway, okay. Uh, Sorry, but that was my, that was like, I'm trying to think of autograph experience. That was, that was... <laughs> Maybe the only autograph I ever got. I don't know. Oh, Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden. David At the same time, I was like not that big of a fan, and I, like I liked Nine Inch Nails or whatever. Yeah. It wasn't like meeting Iron Maiden, you know. Right. Yeah. Right. Anyway, it was just convenient. They were really. In the you were there. He was. Oh, that's what there you, you know. are. Hey. Here I am. There you are. Um, <laughs> and I know. And I wonder if some of these people who are pressing forward are kind of like, here you are, there. But yeah. I, I think that they but were these super people fans. Are waiting out though. There's yes. A difference, like, well, right? Yes. Okay. So when Ian walks out, the guy who'd been singing Dixie Chicks and some other songs, just. He is just blown away by this person. By Ian? Yes. Whoa. He is just like, oh, man. He, like, puts his arm around me. We, like, our heads are together, smiling. Just staring at Ian? Like, just like uh, the Messiah has descended? Yes. Just this, you know, me and and my friend from... He's a freaking rock star, man. Something. Yeah, he's something. I saw some, like image though it was a meme and he was like just all about ian was like being a real rock star is just like wearing your ray-bans on stage and smoking cigarettes the whole night or something yeah, <laughs> was that like, a meme for him yeah but it was like a quote it was a picture of him and then like a quote of, it, of his <laughs> about what it means to be a rock star it was know? his own quote it was his own quote. and it was also thus it was a meme <laughs> yeah he is a meme so, so this guy who doesn't know who ian mcculloch is 
singing the Dixie Chicks <laughs> was so taken by the mere his, presence yes, of this man. Yes, okay. that he was just like, oh, my God. Oh, wow. Well, oh, man. this guy man. really is a oh, rock star. Yes. <laughs> And we, like, embrace each other. And it, all of us, it's like, you know, it's New Year's Eve. It's like wow. we're all like confettis. But here's the thing. He's getting pressed in upon, and now some stuff is going to happen oh. that's about to get weird. It's about to get as intense as it's going to get. You know, we've all had moments like these yeah. at a gas station, mm-hmm. waiting at the, at the bank. I mean, just every yeah. day, you just, you know, on oh. the road, we have a, a moment like this that's about to take place yeah in his life but i wonder if it's more frequent for him because so, he's just a uh, like a, a magnet yeah he's a for magnet for humans, humans and, and so all of a sudden this little group of us there this woman just well a person it's debatable who exactly hit, like <laughs> hits him but kind of like you would have slapped someone on a back oh, okay. or something, but she's Weird. just kind of like it's so full of energy, and she's just like boom, like just on Whoa. his arm. Or, but the, I thought it was a guy who did it, but a hand a hand came from somewhere and just kind of just gave him a slap. Just on gave the arm. him a little, yeah, slap on the arm, and so, like that's just what happened. Wow! And you so saw that? I saw it happen. I saw, him, and so he was it just like a. She just like, lacked impulse control? Yes, it was like okay. a lack of impulse control moment for okay. a person uh-huh. who was a... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, a total stranger walked and was like, was just mesmerized by him. So right. Then this like giddy person just act, like hit him out of joy. Joy, maybe joy or just frustrated desire. Maybe they just need to discharge some energy. Who knows yeah. like what was going on? But they did that and he just acknowledged it. He was like, yeah. Um, you know, he said it with a British, with a Scouse accent. Uh-huh. And I don't, but it was basically like, you just hit me. Let's not pretend that didn't just happen. That is what happened. That's what he said? No, that's not how he said it. He was kind of just like, what? And it made a joke kind of about it, but like was also like kind of menacing and yeah. <laughs> like made a boundary. It was yeah, good. good. She needed she needed one because here's yeah. what happened. So then he stays and does a few more autographs. Yeah. Like do, you know, he's trying to hang out. He's trying to, you know, do some FaceTime. Give something to all of us. Yeah. And um fine so then this woman works her way around again uh-huh. and says something to the effect of can I can we stand here together forever? Can we hang out forever or something? And like kind of moves in and maybe touch, you know, he was, he's like backed against the wall at this point. And he just looks at her and he goes, uh, no. And then he just like, what's that Batman thing where they take a wire and they shoot it? Oh, uh, like, uh. And like Spider-Man, he just like shot a web out of his wrist and, and like flew away, flew away like f- flipping the whole way. And yeah. then like was on the other side of the gate. Over the wall into his bus area. Oh, he was like, I'm out of here. Yep. He was gone. Whoa. So you didn't get the autograph. So there I am. Yeah. Just the Were only, I think the only person who didn't get the autograph. Damn. Um, Mary Did and her cry? husband put their arms around me. They were like, oh, I'm so sorry. It'll happen again, you know. And they started walking towards the bar and... 
there I stood. Alone? Alone. <laughs> Whoa. Alone, just, you know. And I did I did have a moment of like, well, I didn't want to go to the ball anyway. You know, what is it? <laughs> like Cinderella. <laughs> What's so great about them? But I but then <laughs> but I looked down at my set list and I thought to myself, I never even thought I would ever own Porcupine because I couldn't find it. I didn't think I would see them live. I didn't think I'd see a music video ever again because I didn't know that U2 would be invented. I thought that they had just faded away from my life. And, you know, I'm so lucky. Yeah. And I, I started to walk away. But just then, just then, the true angel of this whole experience a selfless human being said, hey, a selfless human being in the form of a bouncer that works at the Fillmore, who someday I would love to thank and bestow maybe many condiments. Yeah, maybe he'll listen to this podcast. And <laughs> I don't know that he will. I don't know that he will. But he said, hey, did you just want to get that sign? And I said... Well, yes, please. No. And he said, okay, well, hold on just a minute. Okay. So you're by yourself now? I'm by myself. But I think Mary sees me kind of walking towards the gate. Uh. And then and then he walks far in the cold night to go to the bus and say, there's some person at the gates that wants to come in. And I hear Ian's voice say, yes, yeah, send him in, you know. <laughs> <laughs> So, and this man walks all the way back to the gate wow. and opens it for me. Wow. And in we go with Mary by myself. <laughs> yeah, it was. Now, for me, this is a dream come true. This is my dream from the age of 12. But for Ian... It's closing time. Yeah. You don't have to go home, but, you know. You can't stay here. Yeah, you know, it's time. The show is always like time to close down the shop, the, the bar, the rest, you know. Yeah. So what I'm going to do, though, is be like, hey, can I have just one more drink of your soul? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's going to be like, okay. <laughs> but... Let's think it. Let's have a little sidebar and think for a minute. What does Ian, what would he rather be doing right then? What does Ian want? What does he want? What does he want for him? For the end of his night? I just can't even imagine. I mean, you've been on tour though. Like, what do you want? You kind of want to pack up a little, some stuff, but you're oh. living on the van, the bus. He probably just wants to go to bed. He might want to go to bed, but I don't think watch so. Watch a movie. Like, watch a movie? You're thinking like that? What do no, you do? I, what do I no, do? No, he didn't seem like he was like ready to like go but to bed. But people like to socialize. They like to talk and stuff. Right, you want yeah. to decompress. You want to maybe talk to a friend. Yeah. Talk to somebody you have a good conversation with. Yeah. And then what do you want to do? Do you just want to... Like go somewhere in the city, or you? Well, just... see, my whole vibe on tour is like, get me back to the accommodations <laughs> as soon as possible, and I hope they're like, you know, and they're comfortable and nice. You know what I mean? 
Like because, but that's but I'm on like punk rock tour. Like he, I'm sure he has a nice hotel every night or yeah, whatever. Yeah, and this bus. I mean, let me tell you about this bus. My dream would be to live on a bus because I love the car. I love being in a car. I love riding on the road. You know. Yeah. And so just a tour bus sounds amazing for me. Yeah, he probably just you know. I bet he wanted to just. I cannot imagine. Like maybe he just wants, like maybe he just meditates or something. This is what I would want to do: is just stare into the middle distance mm-hmm. and not be on and not talk right. to anyone, yeah, except for like somebody I really liked, yeah. And I bet that's what he wanted. But no, you're gonna wait. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> here I come, walking over, and he comes out from behind the bus or the door of the bus and he's like let's do this is that what he's <laughs> <No. at? laughs> so he comes around the corner and he's like let's get it done he and he was kind of like where's the pen <laughs> oh yeah did he say that to you well there was a lot going on someone told wait, wait, wait. Him, i thought you were alone okay no mary came in with me oh so just you and mary just me and mary Really? Yeah. Oh wow. Oh, that's what it. That's why it was special. It oh, was like really special. Oh, okay. Because you, I heard a little bit about this, but I was confused. I, didn't, I was saving I didn't realize, it. Yeah, I didn't, that's cool. I thought it was like a another crowd. Yeah, I thought it was I actually always avoided like, I thought it was the always crowd chaotic and through my around. passivity. Well, there no, it was chaotic because there was um, the rest of the band and other people who were like part of the. The crew, maybe, or the entourage. There was a there was a posse. The inner circle. (laughs) There was an inner circle hanging out, and um, and there was a lot to kind of pay attention to there because there was a really nice guy. Wasn't it cold out? And it was so cold. You guys were all outside. Yes, all this time I have not been inside since Uh the set list adventure. Just outside the bus. Standing outside the bus, you know. They didn't let you on the bus. I mean, I'm not gonna. Listen. Or they weren't like, that don't need to be on, on the bus. bus. Yeah, yeah, I don't need to be on the bus. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Right. I mean, I would love to go on the bus and hang out for a really long time. Right. And talk about. Shoot the shit. And shoot the shit. But, but they don't know anything about me. I mean, I could be a ridiculous person for all they know. You know? So I'm not going to be like. I'm, I'm with we, you now. I'm with you now. I'm I'm a I'm a part of the crew. Now we're together. You don't understand. I sing your songs in a cover band. I do a podcast. No, no, no. You don't understand. Wait, no, wait. When I was 12 years old, and you put uh, uh. that would be cool. Especially since I had walked by the buzz like five times. I was thinking that Drake that Drake song where he's like, "No new friends." Absolutely. You know, once you're famous, no new friends. Just just your old friends. I'm gonna draw some parallels between Drake. And Ian McCulloch, specifically his songwriting, uh, in a later episode. Oh, nice. Yeah. A little foreshadowing. <laughs> well. So, so where am I? So there. So somebody. So there's the this. Bus. So there's this really nice guy who tells him and everyone about the podcast and asks me about the podcast. And I can't remember if I told him or if Mary told them about it, but it was. Um, there was a little bustle about that, and that was very, very about, sweet. About our podcast? About podcast? this podcast. <laughs> the one that's happening right now? The one that is still happening. Okay. Oh my they gosh, could be huh? listening to this podcast right now. 
I mean, they. Well, Ian Not told me he said he would. He said he would. So clearly he is. So oh. hello, <laughs> big shout out to Ian McCulloch. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so he signed. So he said, where's your pen? And so not only do I not have a gift, but I don't even have a pen. I'm just like, uh, oh, no. Uh. And then somebody else gives him a pen. And he was like, you know, how do you spell your name? C-O-U-R-T-N-E-Y. And I was like, yep. And he signed it. And then somebody was like, she has a podcast about you. And he says, oh, really? Oh. You know, and he, he said, I'll listen to it or something. <laughs> He said he'll listen to it. He said he would. Li- he said I will oh. listen to it. Wow! Isn't that that's, nice of him? Yeah. I mean, that's just that's what I wanted to hear. Can you imagine if you were him and you listened to our podcast about it? God, who wants to listen to a podcast about themselves? But maybe, maybe we'll but make it just, just like, fun enough. Yeah, it's just like our our stabs in the dark about like <laughs> his what dad. his dad was doing at the factory <laughs> uprising, and. I mean, just... <laughs> and about, like... You playing too... him as a child. Oh, yeah. But that is the surrealist life. I mean, he has to read books about himself and interviews that he did himself. Yeah. Or does he not... You just don't read them. Maybe you don't read them. I don't you know. You don't read them. You, you don't, don't have read. to. Johnny Greenwood yeah. said he doesn't read reviews, and, good or bad, from yeah. Radiohead. He was yeah. just like, the good reviews are just psychologically damaging as hell, too. You know, it's like, why would you look at any of that shit? That's interesting, yeah. But um, he was very, very different when I saw him than he was with the guys being boisterous. And and I realized that he kind of, I, I don't know if it's on purpose, but he kind of mirrors you. He was kind of soft-spoken, quiet, and, um, you know, spoke kind of in that turquoise days way. You don't know, but these people do. And that was a song that I had in my head for days after. Turquoise days? Yeah. How's it go? After meeting. Anyway. Wow. He had this. He has a very. So you guys, he said, that was it? You you said, like, (laughs) he said. uh, So I did get to say, while he was signing, I was like, I just want to. You don't have my speech plan, but. I think all I got out was like, I just want to thank you for... It was more like, I just want to thank you for all the music that you made. And like, you know, and I was like 12 in that moment. I was 12 years old and I was just like, it just meant so much to me. And and then he said to me, well, thank you for doing the podcast. Whoa. Which was really kind and also a really great way of handing back, you know, the projection. Uh-huh. It was pretty. It was pretty cool stuff. I mean, you think about. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. It was an amazing night. Incredible. And then we took a picture with him uh-huh. that you can see on social media. Um, it is a picture of him. You know, I, I'm like, he looks so sad in this picture. He, he looks, looks pretty, pretty so zonked. sad. But probably he's just so bored. Just so he can read it either way. I choose sad because I, uh, you know, want to imbue the whole. I don't know. He he uh, he likes being Ian McCulloch. That's what I was. I mean, he likes. He doesn't need to be on tour doing this stuff. No. Right. I don't think. Doesn't he have like another job? Yeah. Or some other income stream? 
I mean, probably like. I thought he owned like a soccer team or something. something. Yeah, something or yeah. Like he doesn't. This is like he just wants to to go out there and be Ian McCulloch. Yeah. And like have the knowledge that his band is better than you too, but they just didn't go on tour in enough to like secure the brass ring, you know, and get, and then, you know, they have, and so they get to have this like just ongoing shiny red tour bus. Yeah. But also the integrity of like crowds and the, but they get the, they get, they get to to know that, uh, that, that they're, you know, right. They're the best. Yeah. Well, and he certainly knows it. (laughs) He will tell you. Yes, like someone else I know. Well, I hope everyone's enjoyed this uh, special edition bonus episode. The recounting of the encounter that is not uncommon. Uh, You might have an experience yourself like this someday. Yet miraculous and magical, none the same. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nonetheless... It's just, you know, he graces people with his his aura. He removes his face. And tell me what you see. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, I hope you learned something. This uh, bonus episode that is longer than a normal episode. (laughs) (laughs) And you can write us an email at... I was about to tell everyone my phone number, but it is... 555-5555. Once again... Echo in here podcast at gmail.com.